Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Girlish. My name is Gage, and I'm here with my co-host, Olivia. Hey, everyone. It's me. So today we're going to be talking about trans representation, specifically in like reality TV and other forms of media. Um, We're going to be talking about our own experiences, some crazy stories that we have about either auditioning for like a movie role or a TV show, reality TV, and also just talking about the importance of having trans people showcased in the media, being on different forms of platforms in order to kind of spread awareness about trans people and also obviously giving us the representation that we have not had very much in the past. Yeah, it's really cool uh, to see the growth of trans representation. And like, um, I'm just seeing like a lot of like role models that like I've been gaining. And I feel like every year there's just more and more trans representation in like media, whether that is like reality TV or like big movie parts. And it's just incredible to see. And it's funny to think that like, you know, we possibly could have been a part of like this trans representation. Uh, We could have been or had like these movie roles or these reality TV roles. Um, So I think these stories are going to be very fun to tell um, because we have a few stories. Um, One like mutually that we both experience and other ones that we we experience uh, like two different things, but we'll get into that. But before we do, um, the election is happening. Um, and as you guys know, our last episode was about politics and we discussed like the election and stuff and it is currently Thursday. So it's two days after the election and, um, they're still counting votes and it's way too fucking close. It is. It's, it's too close. Like based off of what we know now, Biden is winning and is, projected to win the election, which is good news, obviously. But the fact that it's so close right now, it's kind of disheartening because, you know, I would have thought or I would have hoped that a lot of people that voted for Trump or have seen what he's done recently would change their mind and not vote for him. But it's literally so close. Like, I think he's already gotten more votes than he did in the last election. And there are a lot of areas in the country where he's outperforming how he did in 2016. So the fact that he was able to get more votes is really shitty and like kind of just shows how our country doesn't really care that he's a champion for racism. But in the end, I am glad that based off of where we are now, it does look like he is going to lose and we will have a new president. But Obviously, we all knew that he wasn't going to take this loss lightly. He's already trying to claim that people are cheating and trying to steal the election from him. So I'm hoping over the next few days, all the states that are still pending can finally finish counting all of their ballots and we can just move on and kick him out of the White House already. It's wild because like he's so shocked that a lot of mail-in ballots are coming in and they're for Biden. And the re- and he's like, no, that this is all like a scam. It's like a conspiracy against him. When he literally told his supporters not to vote by mail. So of course, exactly. yeah, so of course your voters aren't going to be the one voting through mail. And so we're going to see, I think, over the next like several days, just the new incoming mail that people are getting and those votes when they whenever they get counted and seeing what that potentially might do. Uh, Nevada is the only state that Biden needs and he'll have exactly 270 delegates and he will um, be the winner of the election. So um, hopefully that goes as planned. Hopefully that goes well. Uh, It's obviously still up in the air. I think the last time I checked, Nevada was at 76% reporting. So um, yeah, that's, that's just some news. Like we really can't get into it more than that because Uh, We don't know anything else. Like it's, we're really just stuck right now and we just have to wait it out. Um, But yeah, politics are fucking wild. Um, But in lieu of all that, like just to like kind of transition to something better, um, no pun intended, but uh, Gage was telling me that we have our first trans senator. Is that what's happening? Yes. So some good news happened already. Sarah McBride, I've been following her for a while. I'm sure some of you also have been. She's been a really big advocate in human rights campaign, which is an LGBT and human rights organization. She's been really involved with them, but she did run for Senate. I think it was in Delaware and she did win. And that does mark her as being the first openly trans state senator ever elected 
to that position in the government. So that is a really cool thing to have happen, knowing that there is a trans person that is that high up in Senate and in government. So it's just kind of a little bump of confidence that we have knowing that, you know, although things aren't perfect in our country, we do have somebody, a trans woman that is representing the rest of the country in a really distinguished, um, distinguished point of the government, I guess. Yeah, that's really cool to see like uh, more and more representation, whether we've seen it in the past of, as like trans mayors and now to actually have a senator. Uh, it's really, really incredible to see like um, every year it just seems like, you know, there's more and more positive uh, views towards the trans community. And I feel like we're becoming a more accepted community. And it is really crazy to see like how much has changed since we were kids. Like, can you imagine um, being like, five or six experiencing dysphoria not having any representation but could you imagine if you were that age and being able to see a senator a politician like leading whether like you know what i mean like leading having that that position of power it's like it is really really crazy how far we've come so um i'm completely like baffled like it's really really cool Okay, so moving on from politics, like I said, we are going to be talking about reality TV and just being on TV in general. And we actually both were approached or were messaged <laughs> by um, somebody that works for Lifetime, which I'm sure most of you know what Lifetime is. It's kind of a cringy channel with uh, like weird. Oh my on God. It. Yeah, it was such a fucking um, weird experience in general. Yeah. Yeah, so we we basically both got an email from the same person, and they pitched this idea of a show. I don't remember much. All I can remember is that it was about, like, secrets and something. I'm assuming they wanted us to obviously use our trans identity as, like, the big storyline for, for us being on the show. But basically, it was about, like, secrets and having to tell people a secret, like a, your deepest, darkest secret, and then like filming their response or something like that. Was that the gist that you yeah. got from it? Yeah. So essentially it was like their whole thing was that like, all right, we have this reality TV show where people come out and tell everyone their deepest, darkest secret. And it was like, they reached out to us because we were trans. And I guess in their eyes, being trans is like this deep, dark secret, even though we were both publicly out on YouTube. But uh, we didn't know they reached out to either of us until like months later. Uh, we just like talked about it and you were like, oh my God, like I, I like talked with her too, uh, the casting agent person. Um, but yeah, that experience was really weird because they essentially reached out asking us if we wanted to be on this reality TV show or whatever. And so I responded and I was like, yeah, like I'm interested, like. Um, I think that could be cool just because I, I really wanted like an opportunity. And I think when you're like an influencer, like on YouTube, like you're looking kind of like for your next thing, especially us who are pretty small. Um, uh, I think it was definitely like an exciting thing to hear. Like, oh my God, like lifetime, like this, this like network is like reaching out to me. Um, and so like, I like entertained it. And I know that you did too, right? I did. And I actually like vividly remember being on the phone call with the person I was going to Lowe's I think I was like making duplicates of my house keys and she called me and I was like okay I, I guess I should answer now and I was in the parking lot and she was basically just like talking first she started off talking about like how brave I was and like how I've gone through so much oh and that she God. she knew she's known trans people in the past and like she just really has a, a strong love for the trans community. So I was like, okay, that's that's great. And she basically like started to talk about the premise of the show and she started to ask me questions. She was like, okay, so clearly, you know, you've already transitioned or you've you're pretty well into your transition. Is there anybody else in your family or in your circle that doesn't know. And I was like, no, I mean, pretty much everybody knows. I'm very public about it. I have a YouTube channel and everything. And she was like, oh, do you have a boyfriend? And I was like, yes, I, I do have a boyfriend. And then she was like, does your boyfriend's family know that you're trans? 
Wow. And I was like, yes, they, they know. And she was like, what about a grandma or grandpa on his side that might be a little conservative and might not agree with you being trans? And I was like, I, I don't know. I, we haven't really talked about that. And I just kind of got the gist that she didn't want – or she was trying to, like, figure out a storyline for me because I'm very open about my transition. And I feel like she was looking for somebody that, you know, was still kind of in the closet and had to have those difficult conversations with, like, a parent or a loved one or, or somebody else and come out to them as trans. And since I didn't have any of that, she was kind of trying to push the narrative that I was going to use, like – Russell's grandma or grandpa or somebody in his family in order to tell them that I'm trans to like be a a shock value for the show or something. So after that, I I just like got a weird vibe and I stopped responding to her. I I don't know if she wanted to take me farther into the process, but I just stopped responding to her emails and her calls because I was like, that's weird. I don't want to do that. She was spamming you, wasn't she? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, girl, I don't want to do this anymore. When like like these like cis white women like – you can tell she was seeing us as a commodity. We were like a paycheck for her. Like she was yeah. like, we need to cast this person. I'm assuming she got specific roles to like cast a trans person. And so she was trying so hard to like get us in, try and like create a story for us because she called me and did the same thing. And she was like, is there like any like secret or whatever? And I was just trying to think of stuff to like please her. And I was like, I mean, maybe like, I mean, I'm thinking of getting surgery. Maybe like that's something. And she was like, yes. And then she was like, <laughs> let's get on a Skype call. And then, and then so like me, like being like anxious and feeling weird about it. I feel like I wasn't secure enough in my identity to like really acknowledge that this was like off-putting. I kind of was like feeling a little weird by it. I was like, this woman like really using me. But I mean, like I, I just kind of like went along with it because I was like, really like maybe this is my break even though that's like a stupid thing but um I got on this Skype call with her and oh my god she was like asking me questions and so the whole premise was she's recording me on the Skype call she's asking me questions and then I have to re like re like restate the questions in like an answer so like truly like it was like fucking (laughs) I felt like I was writing an essay right (laughs) um so I I QIA exactly (laughs) no like genuinely so she was like asking me like oh like state your like what's your name and like who are you and I had to go like my name is Olivia and I'm trans or whatever I did and then she was like asking me like what what's your secret or whatever and I was then I have to be like my secret that I have and then so uh, it was like really weird and she was like very pushy and she was very it really seemed like she was on crack like genuinely like she was a fucking crackhead or something because like the way that she gave me that vibe too yeah the way that she was she was like go 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 like like trying to be really nice but like super like fucking problematic like it was super like weird because i remember her specifically being like she was feeding me lines to say to the camera and we were talking about like my transition and stuff and she was like you know say you're getting surgery to become like a woman and i'm like wait what oh and she was like like to become a full woman and i was like that's not like I was, and then I was like, I'm really uncomfortable with that because, like, because that doesn't define someone as being trans. I don't feel comfortable saying that. She was like, she was like, no, no, like I agree, but like, you know, these producers, like these people, they, they don't know any better. Just go along with it. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? So I, I did it because I just want to get off the call. And then I was like, I'm never talking to the, this bitch again. Like I'm never gonna talk with her again. Like, are you kidding me? So then, like, she spanned me, spanned me, spanned me. And I like never answered. I blocked her because she kept saying like, like, hello, hello. Um, we're going to send it. We're going to send it. Like, and like all this like stuff. And I was like, I, I just like, was like, please leave me alone. I'm not comfortable. I don't want to do this. And then she kept spamming me, but then I ended up blocking her, which I just think is funny that like, I wonder if it ever aired. I don't think it ever did. That's show. I don't think so. I haven't seen anything about it. <laughs> but like, yeah, that was like our experience with that. And I just think it's, fucking wild plus like if you know lifetime like i said it's kind of it kind of caters to like a more how do you say like you know older audience there's a lot of like grandmas that are like oh my god my new lifetime movies are out so i feel like she wanted or i feel like they wanted like a trans person because on lifetime that would be like super shocking and then they would be 
you know, shocked that there's a trans woman on the screen and, you know, we're talking about surgeries or coming out or transitioning or something like that. And that's the kind of representation that I don't like because I feel like both of us could sense that it was very apparent that it was kind of like a fetishization or like they were commodifying us for being trans and that the only reason they wanted to hear about our so-called secrets is because it was apparently shocking or supposed to be shocking to their audience and I guess was supposed to be good TV, which I guess is like the purpose of all TV. But like when you're trying to use a trans person solely for that reason, it's kind of, it's just not something I personally would want to be a part of. Yeah. There's something inherently wrong when you're seeing a trans person and you're like, and like you're thinking that we're the secret, that we're this, um, we're this thing that we should like, that no one should know about. We're this like creature that like, is completely hidden from the world and lies to everyone. We're, we're deceptive. And I think it feeds into that narrative. And like, I just, I hate it so much. I remember her specifically saying too, she was like, we're not TLC. She was like, we're not TLC. We're not, we're not, none of that trash. Oh we're like, God, I remember that. And I was like, what? Like you're, you're literally t- asking me right now while I'm sitting here to say that I'm going to get a pussy to be a real woman. And like, you're, you're, I'm just, I don't understand, but like when it comes to like situations like that, like representation, trans representation is representation is really, really great. But I think it's also more about like, it's good to see trans people on television, but like you have to think of it as how are they represented? So a trans person being on TV isn't good enough. It's how are they being represented on that TV show? Are they, are they making a statement about themselves? Are they showcasing that? you know, it's great and it's beautiful to be trans or are they in a movie and is their transition not a main center point? Like, are they able to just exist um, and not having to like be the entire narrative or are they existing without being a villain, which you see a lot of times uh, trans people in movies or television being this like bad person or this villain. So whenever you're like watching media and you see a trans person, I think it's like really important for you to stop and think like, is this trans person there because it's a paycheck for the companies or are they there because they're truly making this like step forward in society and they're being seen as an equal to everyone else rather than like some sort of object. So, yeah. Yeah. So I think safe to say both of us are glad that we never participated in (laughs) that show one it never aired or I have not heard anything about it so I guess it didn't get whatever it needed to in order to move on um but yeah it it just wasn't a project that I think we needed to be a part of just because the motive of it obviously was off honestly yeah I hope Karen is doing well (laughs) whatever the fuck I don't care what the fuck name was I I hope she found what she was looking for, but it wasn't us. Right. We're still thriving without her. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so that was like a, a funny story. We were just talking one day and I think you randomly brought up that somebody from Lifetime reached out to you and I was like, wait, same. And then we found out that it was literally for the same thing. Yeah. And the reason I never said anything to you, and I'm assuming the same reason, like you never said anything to me, to me was because it was just so sketchy. And it was like, maybe I shouldn't admit this, that like, I like, yeah. like entertained this, but like, it was like really, like really off-putting. Yeah. So that was our shared story. I know we both have either been approached or have tried to audition for like other parts and other shows in some movies do you want to start or talk about yeah. some of your experience I feel like I want you to go last because I think your experiences <laughs> was like a lot more engaged and like a lot cooler okay. than mine so I'll just go first um okay so I'm just, my heart is still broken over this like it truly I'm just so like I'm so heartbroken because uh, I did a lot of work into like trying to like audition for this role. Um, I spent like a lot of hours like learning lines and stuff. And it's my first time. And when I get overwhelmed or anxious, I like crack and I just can't remember anything. And then my head gets like all mixed up. So like to actually like do this, sit down and trying to learn, it was a lot for me. But anyways, essentially, so there was a casting call posted by Blumhouse that I saw on Twitter. I think someone uh, messaged it to me. And they were looking for a Latinx person uh, who had, who was like anywhere between, I think, 19 or 18 to like 24, who um, 
<laughs> who like had like a rocker aesthetic who was like kind of like just like that rocker vibe and they had did i say trans they were like a, they were looking for like a trans latinx um person with like a rocker vibe and i was like what the fuck like that's literally me like someone who plays guitar i think they described <laughs> it and is in a band and i was like wait that's from like that's literally who i am like um like i literally have guitars behind me right now like i'm like obsessed with music and stuff and I just feel like that's how I represent myself. And I was really excited because I was like, wow, this role feels like it's made for me. Um, and it was for the upcoming movie, the upcoming remake of The Craft, uh, which is like a very popular movie. It's iconic. Yeah. I love that movie. It's like it's like like a very like iconic movie. Is it from the nineties or the eighties? I believe it's the nineties. Yeah, I think it's the nineties as well. Um The Craft came out in no, I need the original. Sorry, I just have to know what it is. In 1996, literally the year I was born. Like it can't be, it can't be more of a sign that I deserve this role. Um, so like I like I like really really wanted to do this. So all they needed to for to do was like send like a synopsis of yourself and send a headshot. And so I did it and I sent a headshot. And within like the next day, they emailed me back. And they sent me a script and they said, make a self-tape. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I got an email back. Um, and they sent me the script. I looked it over. And to be honest, <laughs> it was really fucking cringy. Like, it was really like, and I'm not saying this to be petty because they didn't because they didn't cast me. So I'm upset. But it was like really fucking cringy. Like, one thing I had to say, and I'm not, I'm not going to like read the script or anything, but like, there was like a, they like, it just felt like a very like they were thinking of a, of a trans person as this very femme gay person. Like I had to say in one line, like Zam, like oh god, yeah, like it seemed very like really like weirdly like put. And I didn't know if that was supposed to be like a joke or if it was like serious. So I played it off as like I was like kidding whenever I did the self tape. But um, yeah, I like I did it. I recorded it. Um the part that I recorded talked about me being trans and stuff. And I thought it was really cool. Um, and I was really excited. Like I, I really took a lot of time on it. Um, and I had the self tape and um, yeah, uh, I thought it was good. I thought I, I did a, an okay job with it. Uh, I submitted it and uh, unfortunately I never heard anything back. And then a few months later, like a month later, I saw that they casted this other trans woman, which I'm so happy for her. Congrats to her. That's really, really awesome. Uh, Latinx representation, trans, and it's really fucking really cool to see. But a part of me was like, that fucking bitch. Like, that was my role. Like, what the fuck? And so so that was like really hard on me. But um, at the end of the day, like, it's it's chill. It's fine. And then the movie was just released. Um, I think it was released on Halloween. So, um, wait, is it out? It's out, yeah. Oh, so it's on demand. You can buy it. No tea, no shade. Um, oh. but the movie has a 40, uh, what is it? Uh, 50, no, it has a 40 something on Rotten Tomatoes. It has a 47 on Rotten Tomatoes. So I'm just saying, maybe if I was in it, um, maybe it would have <laughs> been at least a 48. That's possible. <laughs> I think it would have. Too. <laughs> I would have been an Oscar-nominated, Grammy-performing uh, icon, trans icon. But um, yeah, so I didn't get the role, um, which is unfortunate. But I am happy for the woman who did. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy for her. And uh, it was really, really cool to see. Like I saw the trailer for it. Yeah, I didn't get the role, but I, I mean, it, it was it was a really cool opportunity, and I'm really happy that I did it. And I think I learned a lot about myself, like with that. Um, mm-hmm. And when I saw like the trailer with a trans woman, and I saw her like in, um, in involved in the film, I, I was like, could I really have done that? Because when I was like, I was having such bad anxiety, just like recording it in the comfort of my own home, um, and I had such bad anxiety when I have like when I get really stressed out, I just start laughing and laughing and laughing. So I kind of get a little insecure of like, am I like worthy of doing something like this? Am I enough? Am I good enough? And like, that's just something that was like really hard. But I I mean, 
I thought, I mean, I learned a lot, definitely. I learned a lot about how hard it can be to be a performer like that. Um, and, uh, but it was something really cool that I'm very happy to do. And it felt like it was made for me. And even though I didn't get it, I still feel like, you know, like a part of it. I feel like a part of that whole process. And I, I'm really proud of myself that I did step out of my comfort zone and do something like that. So it was really, really cool. So I thought that was fun. They're missing out. We could have had the host of the Girlish podcast also be a movie star. Right. And we could have also had the other host be a reality TV show star. Um, Yeah. I mean, that's true. (laughs) I don't know if if you want to tell your story now, but um, you have a really crazy story that happened very recently. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I don't... Did I ever tell you that I also got an email about Euphoria? Wait, really? It was a super long time ago. I I didn't think much of it because, first of all, I'm not an actress. I, I'm a humble queen. I know that I could not act alongside Zendaya because it specifically said you're going to be – the love interest for Zendaya. And that like really intimidated me. I was like, uh-uh, I'm not an actress. I can't do that. So let's just You got not. an email about the role of Jules? An, I got an email from the casting agency that was casting for Euphoria. And it was specifically for Jules. Like I remember they sent me like a part of the script and wanted me to record and send it in. And the, I think the audition was in New York. And I kind of just like got really overwhelmed because I'm not an actress, like I said, and I didn't, I didn't try, like I didn't follow up or anything, but I thought it was kind of cool that I got that email. And then like months and years later, Euphoria came out with Jules and I was like, wait, I'm pretty sure I got an email and I looked back and I did have an email from that casting agency. So I thought that was cool. I'm not an actress, but just the fact that I was considered or like approached for it was kind of cool that's really cool that they like they were like scouting you and like they were interested in you i'm like blown away because like hunter schaefer is like the love of my life sorry emily like honestly (laughs) i could never i could never compete with her so but like that's that's so cool that like i mean i can for sure imagine you in a position like that too like i think you're definitely suited for it but that's really cool um what an interesting like experience probably to have i showed that so that was like a tiny thing i mean that's like huge. <laughs> yeah, but like I kind of at that point I was like if I'm ever going to be on TV, it's going to be reality TV because I mean I can just be myself. That's true. And I I'm like I'm so bad at acting and singing. Like anything involving the arts, the performing arts, I just was not blessed whatsoever. <laughs> so But okay, so okay so you said reality TV you could just be yourself, but Exactly. The TV show you that you wanted to be on, that you were almost on, I would argue that that's the exact opposite of what that show is, is where you aren't yourself. You have a point. That's a good point. <laughs> so I, maybe you are the queen of acting. You never know. Oh, my God. You're right. But yeah, um, so what happened recently? So I'm pretty sure if you have been listening to our podcast for a while, you remember there was a period where we were obsessed with the circle. And we went through this with Love Island, too. But we had, like, our obsession with The Circle, which is a TV show. It's a reality show on Netflix. Queen Sammy. And, yes, Queen Sammy. Um, So I was, like, obsessed. I've watched every season. I've watched the UK versions. I've watched the French version. I watched the Brazil version. And I was, like, honestly, I feel like this show, it's, it's just meant for me. I... If you also have listened to a few of our older podcasts or if you've been following me, you know that I played a lot of video games growing up and I was a catfish for most of my life. So, I mean, catfishing is just in my DNA. So if I'm going to play a game that I could potentially win 100 grand for catfishing, I'm going to try and be on it. So the first season aired last January, I think, and I think it was around March or April or so they announced that they're casting for season two and I signed up immediately. I sent in my request, waited a few weeks. And then that's when they had sent out like a mass email to pretty much everybody that applied saying, you know, to fill out your application, to submit your photos and 
you know, your background and different, they asked different questions about social media and how you would play if you were picked to be on the show. So I finished my application. That was like in March at the beginning of quarantine. And I kind of just left it alone. I didn't really think of anything because, I mean, this is kind of a big show. It's on Netflix and I'm sure a lot of people were auditioning for it. So it's just like, okay, I'm just going to apply and see what happens. So a couple months go by, I think it was like June and I was working and I just get a phone call from this random number I've never heard of before. So I was like, okay, ignore. And then a couple minutes later, I get a voicemail. I'm like, okay, ignore. I'll listen to it later. And then a couple minutes later, I get a text message. And the text message is from a casting agent who says specifically that he is trying to get in touch with me about my application for the circle. And like, it was probably like two in the afternoon at that point. I turned off my work computer. I don't get off until 4.30. I was like, fuck work. I'm done. I'm calling him back. This is my chance to be a superstar. I'm going to be the next Sammy. And... I I need to follow up with this immediately. So I texted him back. I was like, oh my gosh, hi, I'm working. I'm sorry, I missed your call. I'd love to talk with you. So like 10 minutes later, I called him or I received a call from him and basically kind of just went over the same details that we went over when I applied. He asked me about my background, my experience with social media and being on camera, catfishing and all that type of stuff. Um, He also asked me like what kind of character I would play if I was to be on the show? Would I be a catfish? Would I be myself? Would I be like the villain or like the humble nice girl? What what I would be? So I kind of just talked about myself. I explained to him my strategy if I was to be picked to be on the show. And after the call, he was like, I really enjoyed talking to you. I think your perspective and your story is really unique and interesting. We've never had anybody like this on the show before. And he was like, I basically want to move you to the next stage of the casting process, which is a Skype call with a casting director. And I was like, okay, I was having a panic attack at that point because at that point I'm like on stage three of the casting process and I felt like I was getting pretty far in and like things were going well and I started to get my hopes up a lot. I was like, this is going to happen. I wanted to manifest it and keep moving forward in hopes that I would be on the show. So yeah, I ended the phone call with him. And then the following Monday, I scheduled a Skype interview with a casting director. And basically, it was going to be the exact same interview, except it was going to be on Skype. So they were they were going to record it. And it was going to be on video. So they wanted to like see my personality and how I react on camera and everything like that. So I had to like gather a bunch of photos of myself pre-transition and after transitioning because I was going to disclose the fact that I was trans for, you know, my my character on the show. So I collected everything. I got a bunch of videos that I had taken, a bunch of photos, um, and just like made sure that I was ready for this audition. Like I made a script. I went on Microsoft Word and I wrote down all the questions that they could potentially ask me. And I like wrote down my answer. You were freaking so out. I was, I was freaking out. Yeah. I was so prepared. I had everything lined up. I knew what she was going to ask me. And I was like, there's not going to be one moment where she can see hesitation in my answers. Like, I need to make sure that that I know my shit immediately. Because they they specifically said that they wanted people who were very strategic and knew what they were going to do when they were going to get on the, onto the show. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, it is a reality competition. So they wanted competitive people, which I wanted to be for them. So the day comes around for my Skype interview with the casting director. And it went, in my opinion, amazingly. Like she was laughing the whole time. We were having a great time just talking back and forth. I was answering all her questions. I felt really confident about everything. And at the end of the conversation, she was like, again, I really enjoyed talking to you. Your story is really refreshing and your perspective has never been showcased on the circle before. And she was like, I'm really confident with your arc and I'm really excited to pitch you to the casting associates at Netflix. So prior to this, I was talking to people from the casting agency for The Circle. The next step was to go actually to Netflix and interview in front of people in Netflix that are casting for the show. 
So she basically just told me, you know, the process where the show is filming, the fact that I needed to get a passport and all of this type of information. And she told me that to look out for a call or an email or something from her by the end of August. And at that point, I think it was like the beginning of July. So I was like, okay, I just have to wait until the end of August rolls around until they reach back out to me because I mean, based off of all of my interactions with people, they seem to be very like interested in me and they, they seem to like me and my story. So at that point, I basically already thought I was going to be on the show, which is my own fault because I was disappointed. I'll talk about that. But basically, I waited until the end of August and I was like, okay, they're going to call me soon. I'm, I'm waiting. And then August ends and it's the beginning of September. And I'm like, okay, it's fine. Like there's probably a lot of people that they have to go through. They're just, you know, saving the best for last. And then it's the middle of September and then the end of September and then the beginning of October. And I'm like, at this point, I'm like, okay, maybe they have delays because of COVID. Like maybe, you know, they can't film the show at the end of this year like they anticipated. Maybe they're just taking a little bit longer to finalize a few things before they reach out to the castmates. And then the middle of October rolls around and the end of October and it's November 5th. At this point, I've already accepted the fact that I wasn't picked and that's okay. Like it's been a long three-month grieving process of me having to come to the realization that I wasn't picked for the show. And that's fine. I just, I think I got my hopes up so high because of what they were telling me. I mean, obviously they weren't going to tell me I sucked and they wanted me to be confident in front of the camera knowing that I did well. I just really felt like I was going to get it. And I was just so passionate about it. And everything that they told me was really leading me towards, you know, being on the show. So I guess it's safe to say at this point on November 5th that I did not pick me. And I'm kind of anticipating to see if they chose another trans person to be on the show, which would be interesting. I I would obviously be happy for them, but I would also like be a little bit salty that they chose somebody else instead of me. Cause I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm pretty entertaining and I could have done a really good job as a catfish, but I mean, that's okay. It's just, that was probably like one of the biggest disappointments I had. Not that I was like super sad and torn up about it. I just thought it was a really cool experience, like a life experience to have being on a reality show, like that type of reality show. And I just thought it would be cool for like, you know, representation and something fun to talk about on the podcast. And obviously it would have been a nice door to open into pursuing you know, YouTube and being in social media as a career and, you know, having different partnerships and working with different companies. I feel like that's something that could have helped me open those doors considering Sammy, who was on the first season, is like an ambassador for Savage X Fenty, which is Rihanna's lingerie brand. So I was kind of like manifesting that I would be the next Savage X Fenty model, but it's okay. I've kind of come to terms with it now and it's fine. Maybe, maybe next season they'll Hit me up. <laughs> I I feel like it's like I feel like you were justified in thinking the role was yours, especially with how much they gassed you up. And were like, yeah, like they really did. Yeah. They literally were like up my ass. They're like, oh my god, your story is amazing. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> but also, like, I'm kind of like leaning that it wasn't like I feel like they did have anticipation on like having you as like the next like cast member, but COVID happened. So, like, there was a lot of these bands, like, internationally, like, to go anywhere. So, I'm wondering if that just halted production um, for the I don't show. know. That That's honestly a possibility. If that is, and they do reach out to me, we're going to have to delete this podcast because, obviously, people aren't supposed to know. But, I mean, they gave me a deadline of August, and it's three months later. So, I'm assuming they passed on me. Yeah. I guess um, – you know, everything's just going to be up in the air. But yeah, it's just been like a shitty year. But definitely that's a crazy, like, whenever you're like telling me all this stuff and going through everything, I was like, oh my God, like, I can't believe it. Cause we were literally talking about it on the show and you're like, when it, when, when the casting comes up again, I'm going to apply. And you kept saying like, I'm going to audition for it. I'm going to audition for it. Yeah. Um, and you did. And it was really cool that you were able to like go through all these like people and have that opportunity. I still think it's a really cool story. And I'm very proud of you for doing that. 
Thank you. Yeah, I was, I was honestly, I'm still like kind of glad or I don't know, proud that I made it to like that point in the casting process because I was basically in the step right before meeting producers from Netflix. And for somebody that like doesn't audition for reality shows or like I would have never in my a million years thought that I would ever audition for a reality show considering how shy and quiet I was before transitioning and the fact that I got that far was like a a cool accomplishment for me to have yeah I'm so like yeah I'm definitely so proud of you especially because like just you are trans and the representation um it's just so cool that like they were even like considering like showing a story like yours in a way that like I felt like meant a lot to you in a way that I think you could have like showcased um, through you, how how important representation is and how beautiful trans people are. And um, I just think, yeah, that's a really, really cool thing. Um, and just- Should I share my strategy? Like what I was planning on doing? <laughs> um, sure. I would love to hear. I'm pretty sure everyone else would love to hear. <laughs> um, so basically, I was going to, my, my strategy was to transit, like, I don't know how to explain it. It's kind of confusing. Like, to, I guess I would have been catfishing as myself. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to be myself prior to transitioning because I feel like guys in the show are able to get away with a lot more things than girls are. And girls are usually voted off quickly because, you know, people, the first time they see a girl, they automatically assume that she's a catfish. So I thought being a guy would have been beneficial but I, I mean, also in terms of my messaging, I kind of just wanted to showcase that I, even though I look different than what I did in my pictures as a male, I'm still essentially the same person. Like I was still going to be myself. I was just going to to be a different version at a different time. And so that was my my strategy. If I see somebody on the circle and that's their strategy, like if they pick a different trans person, I'm going to fight someone. Like I will throw hands. Uh, now that this podcast is going to be up, you ha- have the- I already have the upper hand. Right. People already know that this was my strategy and I'm, we're going to, they're going to be going <laughs> for my lawyer. <laughs> I love that for you. Um, but it, yeah, it was such a cool thing, especially like, like I was saying, like we were, we were like obsessed with the show, uh, seeing how like big Sammy blew up. Um, like I think she was like a million followers on Instagram. I mean, it was like really cool yeah. to just be like, wow, like, <laughs> like I remember like four years ago, whenever we were like starting YouTube specifically, like you were like starting YouTube and I was like watching you and like with like a thousand followers, uh, I think, I think I was following you at like six or 700. And then when we started becoming friends, it is crazy to see how like much we both have grown in like those past, like whatever, four four-ish years so um it was like really insane like whenever you're like talking with everyone and going through that I'm like wow like we both have like grown so much and like to see the development of you and like your personality it's just like really amazing because like you really have like come out of your shell you really have become more confident and you really have like become like like a spokesperson for like the community and like a like no genuine like I like I like it really is really cool to see like you've become this like really really good like role model for people and I like love seeing that growth in you it was like it's just been really cool thank you that means a lot and same honestly like it's crazy that we've kind of grown together like we were both at the beginning of our transitions when we first became friends and then we both had small youtube channels and then over the years we've grown into what we have now in our platforms and we have this podcast so it's been really it's nice to like be on your journey and grow and become your own person but it's also nice to have other people around you that are going through the same thing and are also growing and you can share your experiences together so I'm also just really thankful that we've been friends for so long and that we've been able to support each other because transitioning is not easy. So the fact that, you know, we're we're pretty much on the same time length of hormones, we're around the same age. So it's just nice to have somebody that like knows, like they get it and they're they're with you along that journey. I love us. <laughs> I love We should us. start a podcast. So we should start a podcast. We should start like our own TV show. Uh, oh my god. Maybe called the oh, the square. 
um yeah i think that it's just been really or the triangle because like triangles has like represents okay the triangle the triangle (laughs) i I love it i'll match my triangle tattoo but um (laughs) yeah i think that's yeah it's just really cool to see the growth of like representation in media and trans people although like obviously like our experiences like were like misses in terms of like what we auditioned for i still think it's like it is really amazing to see that we even had those opportunities in the first place like i can't imagine like telling my like younger self like when i was like 12 really insecure in myself um really just like wanting to like come out but being super afraid to never really knowing if i'll ever have a chance to be myself like i could never imagine like telling that person that like one day like i'll like have an opportunity to audition for a movie like a big movie a remake of like this huge movie and uh it's like it's really really amazing that like the world is coming to like a more progressive place that like is giving opportunities to trans people like us um, and I just think that's really fucking awesome. And I I feel like that does just speak to the importance of representation, not only on YouTube. I feel like as trans people, like YouTube for most of us is what helped us realize our identity because that was really all we had a few years ago. There wasn't a lot of trans people on TV. All we could do was go on YouTube to search for vlogs or like surgery videos or something about being trans because there was literally no other information yeah. out there. Princess George so was the have... only trans YouTuber. I think that like, Queen. that yeah. yeah, that was like big enough for us to like, to see there. I feel like Gigi Gorgeous was there, but I don't think she was that big. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think and it, when but, I yeah. started following Gigi, she was, she hadn't even started transitioning yet. So, Oh yeah. That, that's just like goes to show like how little representation there was. Yeah. Very, um, yeah whenever we like started like just like growing up and stuff like that i there's was like maybe like a handful of videos about trans people it definitely like kim i would just rewatch kim petros like interviews like over and over and over again because i was like this person exists there's like people like me exist and like i didn't it wasn't even until like my freshman year of high school that i knew the word like trans like like in it was like really wild that um now that like it's all over media it's like normalized and it's like really beautiful to know that like there are kids like me who aren't afraid to like tell people who they are um and i think that's really really cool and the more representation we have obviously the more um the more free people can be and not feel so constrained yeah and i think i'm i'm happy that we're in a place where we are seeing trans people all over the place now. We have athletes, actresses, actors, musicians, reality show contestants. Politicians. Politicians. Like it's just nice to know that we are progressing in a place and trans people are excelling outside of like the role of an influencer. I feel like when people think of trans people, trans women specifically, it always comes back to like being an influencer because we have Gigi Gorgeous, we have Princess Jewels, we have Angela Vanity, we have Elena, we have all these people that have kind of blown up through YouTube. But now that we have, you know, Sarah McBride, like we talked about earlier, who's in the Senate, we have Hunter Schaefer and Euphoria, we have the pretty much the entire cast of Pose. Like there's so many different areas where trans people are excelling. And I'm just happy that we're able to see that because at the end of the day, it's just helping the next generation with representation and now they're not scrambling to try and find somebody they relate to because there's so many different areas where they can look to to find at least one trans person or somebody in the LGBT community who's represented properly. I want to give a shout out to uh, the the trans woman earlier. I didn't mention her name from the craft, the, the girl who actually got the role. Her name is Zoe Luna and she's a beautiful trans woman. And I, I want to give her a shout out because she is another form of representation and um, I absolutely am in love with the fact that, you know, people like her exist that have opportunities like that. So, yeah, her, Laverne Cox, um, Hunter Schaefer, like you said, like, I mean, bigger and bigger names are coming out and it's like really amazing to see. Yeah. 
So I guess that's a perfect way to wrap up this episode, essentially tying everything back to the importance of representation and also just sharing some funny and in my case, devastating stories about not being picked to be the next winner of the circle. But but that's okay. I'm hoping maybe that, you know, as we continue to grow. Yeah, maybe next year. I mean, we have this ultra successful podcast. I'm sure we're going to be getting offers left and right soon from people that want to. We are the first in the original girlish podcast. And that's the tea I will spill. And I will leave it at that. That's all we have to say. We are the OG girlish and that's all you need to know. When you look at our logo, you know who we are. We are the girl. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all right. But yeah, I think this was a really good episode. I think a really uh, fun things to share. I think things we haven't shared in the past and I'm really happy that we were able to today um, together. And I think it was like nice, like a lot of stories that we had. Um, if you guys have any stories or any experiences like we have, or maybe even got reached out by that lifetime person too, uh, email us or uh, message us. Uh, you can email us always at admin at girlishpodcast.com or olivia at girlishpodcast.com or gage at girlishpodcast.com. Uh, yeah. So if you are ever interested in emailing us for any certain things like that, um, any sort of topics you'd like to hear us talk in the future or any personal stories you're willing to share, you can always reach out to us through that. But also you can DM us on Instagram. You can follow us on Instagram at Girlish Podcast. Uh, literally find us everywhere at Girlish Podcast, whether that's uh, Twitter, Instagram, we even have a TikTok. <laughs> so uh, if you guys are interested in any of those uh, places, please, please feel free to follow us. Um, and thank you for always like the constant support and love and we appreciate each and every one of you exactly so thank you everybody who is listening to this podcast again this is still during the time of the election so if you are stressed about the current events going on in the country just try and take a minute or multiple minutes to kind of distance yourself from social media, do something that calms you and stresses you, that, that does not stress you because Lord knows we've had enough and hopefully things will start clearing out. But thank you so much to everybody who has listened and has continued to support us and we will see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.